Hello and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of AZ Vineyard Church. This week, enjoy the podcast as truth is revealed in God's Word. Go get a notebook, grab a Bible, and expect to have an encounter with God today. Good morning. So yeah, 25 years ago, my daughter just turned 24 in April, so she's 24 and a half. So 24 and a half years ago, we came to this church. And the one and only mailer, whoo, where's my tissues? I'm already crying. (laughs) The one and only mailer that this church has ever sent out for Easter, we got. And I thought, we had actually gone to a church, a vineyard church with my dad up in Cottonwood, And Pastor Randy Suter, if you guys don't know him, he's like the grandpa of the Arizona Vineyards. Um, We went to his church, and he was getting ready to go on his uh, anniversary. I don't know, it was a big 25 or something, a big big number, like today, 25, it's a big number. Um, And we went, and he started talking about sex and how sex in a marriage is so important. And I'm thinking... Ugh, are we at church? I'm not sure that I really want to hear about your sex life, Pastor. That's not okay. And my husband's like, church? I kind of dig this church. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we're just real in this house in case you're new. I'm sorry. But, um, yeah, so we had gotten this flyer, and I'm like, we get home, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is, this is okay. So we stuck it on the refrigerator, and we didn't go, and I was like big as a house pregnant with my daughter, and I had her, and I'm sitting in the hospital room, and this is how much I knew God at this point, right? I'm sitting in the hospital room. She had health concerns. She was in the hospital, in the NICU for nine days, and in my little nursing mom's room that they let me stay in, so that I could go down and and feed my baby, I had this conversation with God. And I said, okay, God, we got that flyer. I know I should really take my kids to church. Mind you, I had a three-year-old boy at the time too. Still have him, by the way. (laughs) And uh, I was like, well, they probably should grow up in church. So I guess we can go. Now, I had grown up in a church that was very legalistic and... um, known for shooting their wounded, so I left the church as a very wounded person with a lot of baggage, and I really wasn't into the whole church scene. I knew God was chasing me, I knew he loved me, all that, but I really wasn't into the church scene. So we start going with the kids, got this flyer, we start going with the kids, and this body loved us so well that it was creepy. Have you ever been loved so well that it's creepy? So we were there, and then I got sick, and we were gone for a couple of weeks. We were there one Sunday, one Sunday, mind you. Of course, back then, right, Don and Irene, we were small. You knew when somebody new walked in the door. You could not hide in this small church. So I was there for one week with my new baby. Then we left. I was sick. We were gone for a week on vacation. We came back like three weeks later, a month later, and this lady comes up to me, and she says, where have you been? We missed you. And I'm like, you don't even know me, lady. And she says, and I told her that I had been sick, and then we were on, you were sick? We would have brought food to your house. And I'm like, 
I don't know you well enough for you to bring food to my house. And in fact, I'm kind of freaked out and I'm not even going to tell you where I live. <laughs> because that's how loving and friendly and accepting this church has always been. So my question to start with is, who, who or what is the church? Is it an institution that's set up to meet your needs? Is it a building? Or is it people? So look at each other. We are the church. We are the church. No matter whether we have a building, we found that out 2020. The building was useless because we couldn't even meet here. But you know what? That didn't stop the church. We have grown during this season between our online folks. Good morning. All of those who gather on Sundays, we have grown. The devil can't stop the church. The devil can't stop the church. And when we are doing things in this order, wholehearted love of God and devoted to each other, and we'll get to the other ones in a little bit. I don't have enough time to go into all of it today. I'm so excited. But when we are devoted to one another, God's power moves through us and changes things. <clears throat> so I'm a word nerd. I like words. I like numbers better, but I really like words. And I wanted, I wanted to really look into what does devoted truly mean? Do you guys got that slideshow for me? So bear with me. I'm not a slideshow person. So we're going to, we're going to, I'm like, it's the 25th anniversary. I got to do something. So here we go. PowerPoint. So go ahead and go to the next one. So devoted, this is Merriam-Webster's dictionary. It says a feeling of strong love or loyalty, the quality of being devoted. Listen to this, guys. This is where it gets tough. The use of your time, your money, your energy, etc. that means everything else, for a particular purpose. And then, I thought this was interesting, prayer, worship, or other religious activities that are done in private rather than in a religious service. So when you are truly devoted to God, you do the things that we do here on Sunday morning at home because you're devoted. It's not a Sunday club, let's go do our cheer and then go home and live our lives like whatever the rest of the week. It is, devoted is prayer, worship, and other religious activities that are done in private rather than in a religious service. And that wasn't on my notes, but that was a freebie. But let's go back. Do you feel a strong sense of love, loyalty to the members here at AZV? Or is this just a Sunday fun day club that we come in, we punch our I'm a good Christian card, and we go home? Are you using your time, money, energy, and everything else for the good of the family of God that meets together in this house. Is this really your tribe? Open your checkbook and see where you spend your money. Open your calendar and see where you spend your time. That's what you're devoted to. Are you all in for Jesus, wholeheartedly devoted to God, and wholeheartedly devoted to each other. So I want to talk a little bit about a vow. Um, you can go ahead and go, I think, to the next slide. I don't know. Let's look. There we go. Yes. 
So we're going to talk a little bit about taking a vow. When we take a vow, we pledge our devotion, whether to remain true to a partner, to uphold the law, or to honor the word of God. It should be no surprise that the that devotion and its related verb devote come from the act of taking a vow. Devote was once used as an adjective that could mean either devout or devoted. While devout often connotates faithfulness of a religious nature, the adjective devoted conveys the sense of one's commitment to another through love and loyalty. So serving the Lord together means taking a vow. I know that vow means very little in our society, We can look at marriage for an example. In the United States, about 50% of married couples divorce. The sixth highest divorce rate in the world is the United States. Subsequent marriages have an even higher divorce rate of 60% for second marriages, 73% of third marriages end in divorce. So our society has created this underlying current that says when it gets too hard, or you don't see eye to eye, you just cut and run, right? We see it all the time in the church. We have been doing this for 25 years, and please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. There are times when God moves you from one place to another. But when that occurs, it's usually a very bittersweet parting. One where the church blesses you and sends you out and you leave in a healthy way. If you leave church, this church or any other, because you got hurt, your needs weren't being met, your expectations weren't being met, then God is not sending you out and you are to stay right where you're at. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's yucky. But if we've been married for almost 30 years, and there have been seasons, I didn't even like him. But you know what? We made a vow, and divorce is not in our language. So we're celebrating 25 years here today. I've been here for 24 and a half. Have I always loved it here? Nope. Have I always felt fed and fulfilled and that all my needs are being met? And, and doesn't that sound a little self-centered? And guess what? No. The work of the kingdom that's being done in this house is not all about me. I have a part, and God loves me, and he's proud of me, and he wants me to be a part of it. But whether or not my needs get met, like John said... The reason we do this is you. Where's Quincy? Is he still in here? So Quincy says, when he walks in the door this morning, he says, what, is it somebody's birthday? And I said, yeah, the church's. He goes, well, where's the gift? And I'm like, you. And he goes, well, no, no, really, where's the gift? I said, you, you're the gift. And he thinks about it a little bit. He goes, I'm not sure I want to be a gift. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love kids. They just say what's on their mind. Love it. 
So sometimes, do you guys notice that sometimes you have to be uncomfortable for God to grow you and change you? So I've been uncomfortable in this church a few times. We'll be nice. A few times. But you know what? God has used those times in my life as a time of threshing. And I did a sermon a while back on threshing, and boy, oh boy, did God just reveal a lot to me. If we don't surrender to him and his will in these times, and we jump up off of the threshing floor, we don't let him grow us, and we take off to the church down the street because they hurt my feelings, or their children's ministry wasn't good enough for my children, you know, mm. we go off with the shaft still over our seed. We don't allow God to take our hard shell off. We're stiff-necked, we're immature, and we take all of that to the next body that wants to accept us. This type of life is very lonely, it's very disconnected, and it's lacking in growth. You will not grow that way. When you are devoted to one another, you take a vow. For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death parts us, or until Jesus comes back. Does that sound familiar? Our God is a God of vows, and another word for that is covenant. He gives us all of himself through covenant with us. Look in the Old Testament, look in the New Testament. He has made covenant with his people. He expects no less from us. Everything I am and everything I have belongs to God. His will is for us to surrender ourselves and to trust his guidance as we care for each other and serve God together. So I love the term power couple. Have you guys heard power couple? I could point a few power couples out in this house. We have some pretty amazing um, long marriages of these people know each other really well. So a power couple, by definition, is a couple who both complement each other's strengths and support each other's individuality. A power couple are a married couple that know each other so well and support each other so that they are a force to be reckoned with. It takes a lot of work to become a power couple. You have to invest 100% of yourself in your spouse. So now let's take this to the church. I want AZV to be a power church. A church where we have spent the time to know each other and support each other so well that we are a force to be reckoned with. Does that sound exciting? We know each other's strengths. We know each other's weaknesses. We embrace our individual individual gifts, talents, and diversity. When we link arms with a purpose to see God's goodness all around us, we can change our church. We can change our community, we can change our state, we can change our country, we can change our world. Look at how quickly, and this is crazy because I'm going to be talking, I am actually going to open this, we're going to make it an official meeting, but John was talking this morning about the early church, what happened. 
Look at how quickly the early church grew. 3,000 in one day. The basis of that growth was being filled with the Holy Spirit. Number one, we can't love each other. We can't. We can't love each other. We don't have the ability to love each other well without the Holy Spirit. So when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we've surrendered ourselves and wholeheartedly are in love with God. We are devoted to each other and we have a common mission. Things, amazing things happen. So a friend of mine once said, and I'm changing this a little bit because a lot of people don't have carpet in their house anymore, but a friend of mine once said, if you do not know the color of someone's carpet, I'll say flooring, if you don't know the color of their flooring, they're not really your friend. So I don't know where we are on the slides. Can you scroll through them really quick? I think I had some cool pictures or something. Ah, there, there we go. Okay, vow, covenant. Hey, I did pretty good. So we are the bride of Christ. Remember those vows? Those marriage vows? We are the bride of Christ. Okay, go to the next one. I think there's another cool picture. Power church. We don't want to be a power, just power couples. We want this whole church filled with power couples to become the power church. Okay, what's the next one? Okay, save that one. That's for the very end. Okay, whew. I actually did the slideshow. <laughs> so let's go to the book of Acts. Go figure, because that was what John opened with. Like Irene was saying, you know, God works that way. You were saying that the, the lesson and for the kids and the lesson for the adults, that happens all the time. So the book of Acts was written by Luke. And it's basically the bridge between Jesus' life and ministry to the start of the church, the birth of the church. And I thought, what a great place to start today with it being the 25th anniversary. Let's look at the birth of the church and let's compare that to what we're doing as a body. So in Acts chapter 2, John read about the Holy Spirit coming in power. And then Peter preaches and 3,000 are saved. And then chapter 3, I'm going really fast here because I got limited time. In chapter 3, Um, Peter and John go to the temple and they heal the uh, crippled beggar. The, as if your kids, the little song, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Okay. So this crippled beggar gets healed and then Peter and John get hauled into the council because they don't want them talking. So chapter four, we're going to look there a little bit. They don't want Peter and John to be spreading this news about Jesus because they're gathering a huge following. And when there's a lot of people, there's a lot less control. And they wanted to make sure that they were controlling, you know, the council, the Sadducees, the Pharisees. They wanted to make sure that everything was controlled and smooth and was going the way it's supposed to. Anybody that's walked with Jesus for any length of time, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. When Holy Spirit shows up on the scene, he kind of does what he wants. And he does it in power. And he does some crazy things. I don't know if you've walked with the Lord for very long, but when the Holy Spirit shows up in power on the scene, things happen. So all of that has happened. And then we're going to go to... um, We're going to start in verse 23. So Acts chapter 4, verse 23. The believers pray for courage. 
As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. Let me read that again. When they heard the report, all the believers, that means everybody, that means the church, lifted their voices together in prayer to God. So do you think being devoted to one another and praying together is probably a good thing? O O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The king of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city for Herod, Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your, serv- give us, your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Let me read that again. Again now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Remember that mission we talked about, that we're all together in a mission? This is it, preaching the good news everywhere we go. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. I'm sorry, may miraculous... May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. You guys ready for an earthquake in the building? The meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They'd already been filled with the Holy Spirit, but guess what? Holy Spirit's great with double dipping. He's he's good. He's good. We can double dip. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Okay, verse 32. All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. You guys hear that? Do you remember the definition of devoted? Time, energy, money. They shared everything they had. There were no needy people among them. Because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. We'll stop there. And if you read on, the book of Acts is really pretty cool. If you read on, you'll find the story in chapter 5 about Ananias and Sapphira. They lied to the Holy Spirit and they both dropped dead. But the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to force us to do anything we don't want to do, right? I would like to talk to Ananias and Sapphira about that. It wasn't that they didn't bring all their money. They don't care about their money. Like John said, I think it was last week. I don't care about your money. We don't care about your money. We're here to, to serve. And however that looks, great. They lied to the Holy Spirit. They were not wholeheartedly in love with God. They were wholeheartedly in love with their money. And they were not devoted to one another because they went off together and said, well, let's keep this for ourselves and then we'll give the rest. So, you know, it led to death. It led to death. 
And honestly, it may not be, you may not get zapped by lightning and die, but when you withhold, you don't give wholeheartedly, it will eventually lead to death. So I have a couple of testimonies. I have a whole bunch of testimonies, but I want to share with you what, in a practical sense, what devotion looks like. So since we've attended this church in the last 24 and a half years, we've gone through some pretty difficult times. Anybody else here go through any difficulties in the last 24 years? Yeah, we all have, right? Life is tough. Life can be really, really hard. But let me tell you, when you're in a body that's devoted to each other, life can be a whole lot easier. So Ed's brothers both passed away within a matter of a couple of years of each other before they were 40. One was in a helicopter crash. One was waiting for a heart transplant. I won't go into all the gory details because the point of it is, but God, my two favorite words, but God. And you know what? We had somebody show up from the congregation on our doorstep at like nine o'clock one night, knock on our door. We weren't expecting them. We go to the door and they hand us a check for enough money to get us to the funeral. God told me to give you this. I don't know if they even knew that his brother had passed away, but we were connected by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will drop those seeds in your heart of who you're supposed to minister to. So um, that was one difficulty that the church was there for us. Um, I remember John coming over at that point and he and Ed's laying in the living room floor just crying together. That's what devotion looks like. We share each other's celebrations and we share each other's sorrows. So shortly, well, I don't know. Time, time is really weird when you get older. But after that, he lost his job. And we're like, oh, no big deal. Super bonus because he's going to get a job right away. He's got a severance package. It's going to be great. This is a blessing. It's not a, not a problem. 14 months later, still no job. It was one of the most difficult times in our relationship. And the church was here. The people were here. We were supported and we were loved. He had a head-on collision in 2013 and spent a month in the hospital. And we had, the church rallied around us, and we had people bring a meal to our house. They would have done it every night. And I'm like, wait, 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 I don't have room to store all this food because I don't know if you guys know or not, but when church people bring a meal to you, it's like a meal for a week. It's not a meal for a night. It's a meal. I'm like, do you guys eat like this at home? It's like, no wonder there's a weight problem in the United States. If this is how everybody eats, oh my gosh. They brought a meal to us every other night. This, this body brought a meal every other night for two months. Two months. That's crazy. That doesn't happen in our society. We've had surgeries. We've had illnesses. We had this, this body. If you connect, there's the key. If you connect, we have the Holy Spirit and he will drop seeds. But if I've heard people say, well, I was sick and no one came to see me. I was, I was sick and, and the pastor didn't come to the hospital to visit me. Okay. Did the pastor know that you were sick? Did you share your life, the good and the bad? Or did you just expect somebody to just know, you know? We have to share our lives, good and bad. We have to be vulnerable. We have to be honest. 
So during this 24 and a half years, we've also done a lot of being devoted to each other in ministry. So we've ministered to single moms with quads. We've ministered to at-risk kids through the Joy of Jesus camp. We've partnered with other congregations and ministered in the streets with Cities for Christ. We've gone out into neighborhoods, adopted whole neighborhoods, and seen them completely changed with our Save to Serve program in the past. There's a lot of people not here today that would be nodding and smiling because they were all involved in that. And when you serve together, when you serve together, you become devoted to one another because you have a common purpose, a common mission, and you're linking arms. So we have done the I Help ministry on Monday nights here for almost five years. I think January will be five years. And there's a team of people who have come every Monday night and ministered the love of Jesus to our friends experiencing homelessness. That's pretty amazing. And you know what? That team of people are incredibly devoted to one another. We laugh together. We cry together. We tell stupid jokes and that are probably inappropriate. We would not tell them on Sunday morning. Right? Let's be real. Let's be real. And you know what? These are my people that I love, that I know. If I had an issue at 2 o'clock in the morning, there's a whole bunch of people sitting in this room. I would have no qualms about calling. Can you say that? If not, you're not connected. But you know what? You can be. You can be. Plug in. Plug into children's ministry. Plug into the the building maintenance team. Plug into outreach. We're going to be doing so much in the next few months. I'm so excited. The neighborhood um, luncheon that we did, the Good Neighbor Day last month, it was super fun, but it's just the tip of the iceberg. God has so much for this house to do, and it's going to be so fun. So, I would like to end, yeah, I got just a couple minutes. I would like to end by sharing the story. You can do that last slide because I saw this and this is for you, Aunt Rhonda. (laughs) She loves bees and you know what? She teaches first grade, right? Still first grade and her whole theme is bees. You know why I know that? Because I've invested time to get to know her. I can't know everyone in this room at an intimate level. That's why we have life groups. Get in a life group. If you're not in a life group, get in a life group. That's where you get to know each other on a deeper, intimate level. But I want to end this story, and I end this with this story, and it really reminded me of Aunt Rhonda. It says, um, this is a story from Facebook, and this lady says, My dad has bees. Today I went to his house, and he showed me all of the honey he had gotten from the hives. He took the lid off a five-gallon bucket full of honey. On top of the honey, there were three little bees. They were struggling. They were covered in sticky honey, and they were drowning. I asked him if we could help them, and he said he was sure they wouldn't survive. Casualties of honey collection, I suppose. Have you ever felt like a casualty of life? I know I have. I asked him again if we could at least get them out and kill them quickly. After all, he was the one who taught me to put a suffering animal or insect out of its misery. He finally conceded and scooped the bees out of the bucket. He put them in an empty Chobani yogurt container and put the plastic container outside. Because he had disrupted the hive with the earlier honey collection, there were bees flying all over outside. 
We put the three little bees in the container on a bench and left them to their fate. My dad called me out a little while later to show me what was happening. These three little bees were surrounded by all of their sisters. All of the bees are female. And they were cleaning the sticky, nearly dead bees, helping them to get the honey off of their bodies. We came back a short time later, and there was only one little bee left in the container. She was still being tended to by her sisters. When it was time for me to leave, do you hear that? Sometimes it takes time to help our brother and sister get the sticky off their lives. Sometimes it takes a little time. These, where was I at? Okay. She was still being tended by her sisters. When it was time for me to leave, we checked one last time, and all three of the bees had been cleaned off enough to fly away, and the container was empty. Those three little bees lived because they were surrounded by family and friends who would not give up on them. Family and friends who refused to let them drown in their own stickiness and resolved to help until that last little bee could be set free. That's what I'm asking you today. Are you willing to be a sister? Are you willing to be a brother? Are you willing to be a mom and dad to a young person who truly needs a mom and dad? Are you willing to be devoted to one another? Are you willing to have at least five people in this congregation that you could call any time of day or night and be there for them and have them be there for you? If you can't answer that with yes, then you're not connected. And I gave you tips on how to get connected, right? Serve. Join a life group. Invite someone over for dinner so they can see what color your flooring is. Right? All right. I think I'm done. God bless you. We got a couple of minutes. <clears throat> I want to share just one thing with you all. The things that we're shooting for, Sandy, that was like really awesome. I think maybe some of my toes are a little stepped on. We're shooting for something that's more than what we've experienced. Don't you want more and better? You know, Sandy made some really strong points about this being devoted to one another. And, and we believe them. I, I'm, I'm agreeing with Sandy. And yet, so many of us have come from backgrounds that that wasn't the commitment that others had towards you, right? Maybe other congregations, other marriage situations. Many of us have experienced either divorce or being hurt and leaving a church. Our, our point, I, I want you to understand, our point isn't to point out what's wrong, you did wrong, you know. Stuff happens. All we can do is deal with right now, right? To do the best we know how by the grace of God right now. So, having said all these things that are strong commitments, that doesn't mean that our, our desire is, is for anything other than for us to go forward from where we're at right now. Does that, does that make sense? Many of us have been hurt by the church in the past. Maybe we've 
we've left or, or those things have happened. You know, I, I have a word for you. I release you. Forgive those people. Maybe it's maybe you've been divorced and, and, and married, remarried. Okay. Forgive that person. Release them to Jesus. And then let's let's be devoted to one another right now. Can't you know, I can't fix all the wrongs I've done and and trust me, I've got I've had a lot of wrongs. Anybody in the boat with me on that? I've had a lot of wrongs. You can't change the past. But we can make better decisions today. Better decisions. And what we're proposing is a kind of devotion to one another that is seldom seen in this life. But doesn't it sound good to have those people that are for you even when we're not perfect. And that I'm for them even when they're not perfect. Right? Does it make sense? Let's all stand. We're shooting for higher things than we've yet experienced. And I have a, I have a little word for you about God. There's always more. He's always greater than you thought He was. He's always better than you thought He was. And the way he's working is he commanded us to love one another. This is not an advice. It's a command. And loving one another is, isn't, isn't easy, but it's worth it. But it's worth it. It's when you've worked through, through the difficulties of, of all of our weaknesses together, when we work through those things together, that proves we love one another. That's the proof. Right? Let's, let's just pray for a second. Father, in Jesus' name, we commit ourselves and our way to You. And we ask You that we can have a genuine love and devotion to one another that's greater than we've yet experienced. Lord, thank You for this powerful word Sandy brought today. Let it impact our lives. And Lord, we thank You. Can you just say thank You with me? Lord, I bless every person in every household here. Let our, let our homes and our lives be filled with Your joy. Let our steps be guided by Your Holy Spirit. Let us walk in Your grace. Thanks for listening to AZ Vineyard Church's podcast. We're located in Goodyear, Arizona. To learn more about our church, visit our website azvineyard.com That's A-Z-V-I-N-E-Y-A-R-D dot com